DJ Valentino with Nick from Sleeping With Sirens. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Uh, I love your energy, by the way. For real. Like, it's <laughs> Thank awesome. you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. That means a lot. Yeah. Hell yeah. So now, your new album, How It Feels To Be Lost, just dropped. Tell me a little bit about how these past few months have been now that it's been released. Um, it's interesting. We actually just got off a call with our management and uh, literally like 10 minutes ago. And we were we spent a good chunk of time talking about how we can visibly see um, the reaction to to the record. Being on being on this tour specifically, um, just seeing the crowd's reaction every single night to the new songs off "How It Feels to Be Lost," you can't um, you can't deny that it's it's doing something. It's doing something really really positive and. You know, nothing beats that feeling of putting out an album that you put your heart and soul into and then seeing people connect with it and hearing people sing along every single night to it. And we're starting to see now that the new songs have been louder than some of the old songs. So, you know, it feels like we're doing something right. You know, it's nice. And again, you mentioned that, of course, this new album has had such an awesome fan reception. Are there any songs in particular that you, when you play live for the first time off the new record that the fans just really gravitate towards? Um, I think so far, you know, Agree to Disagree has been a popular one, but uh, Break Me Down has gone over really well. It's it's tough to tell. I, I feel like all of the new songs we've been playing have been equally kind of, you know, at that that high peak of you know crowd reception being um at its best and just being loud so it's really been all the new songs i think agree to disagree has been um a fan favorite for sure awesome awesome so now again you guys have played with so many elements of rock you've done the post-hardcore you've done that alternative rock and now you're doing the heavy 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 metal tell me a little bit about when you're writing this music do you always have like a genre in mind or do you just kind of go in and see what happens I think we just, want, we just go in and see what happens. I think that it was a natural progression to be where we're at right now. Um, Kellen and I specifically had a few moments um, about a year, year and a half ago while we were on tour. We played. We had played a couple of different rock festivals in the United States. And we had a few moments where we walked, we walked off stage and we just had this moment of looking at each other going, like, we're a rock band through and through we are a rock band and we need to um that's what we're most excited about that's what we're excited we're the great thing about this band is that we're into so many different genres of music we're all inspired by different genres but the one genre that we all meet at is in the rock realm so i think that that's what we do best and that was the lane that kind of subconsciously um you know, that's the road that we, you know, subconsciously kind of like went down. And it was just um, a natural feeling. It's just what came out and it, it was based around Kellen's lyrics as well. And what was going to get that message across the best and most effectively. And it was this, it was how it feels to be lost. It was that heaviness, it was that rawness, it was that, that, um, that just that intensity that we wanted to convey and I think that that's where, that's the lane we're going to stay in. I love it. I love it. So now another thing that always fascinates me is seeing how albums kind of evolve from like conception to creation. So were there any like other titles you guys were working at before you decided on how it feels to be lost? Were there songs that you wrote that didn't make the cut? 
Um, there were a few songs, um, but you know what? This was actually one of the first records where we didn't have 30 songs to choose from. I think on previous releases, we went through a wide variety of demos and a lot of different ideas that would, you know, be like 30 to 50 ideas. Whereas on this album, it was really around 15 or 16 songs. And there were a few that didn't make the cut. But some of those songs may see the light of day at, at some point um, for a B-sides uh, thing. So we'll see. I think it's been. I think it was something that we were conscious of when we made this record. Was let's focus on the songs that we feel the most attached to, and let's not try to force it. And if we're writing something that we're not. Um, all in on like let's just scrap it and move on and it was okay it's okay to say this isn't 100% let's move on so I think that that's why this record didn't require a whole lot of other songs or a whole lot of b-sides like we solely focused on the songs that meant a lot to us and that was how it feels to be lost I love it. I love it so much. And one of the things I also love about Sleeping With Sirens is, like, the album covers are so unique, and they really do display the message of the album. You know, with this one, you've got, like, the candlestick with the tuxedo, and it really goes along with that message of, like, being lost. How much creative control do you guys put into the album covers? Do you think a lot about it, or do you just kind of, like, send it off and see what happens? It's a kind of a mixture of both, actually. So we've learned in the past that just like with music, where we don't want a lot of outsiders to come in and say, this sounds cool, you should do this, it should sound like this. It's the same thing for for artists. We, what we typically do is we'll actually send a few songs, a few demos to to artists that we're, you know, stoked on and see what they can come up with based on what what comes out of them when they listen to our music, when they listen to those songs and digest those lyrics. Like, what is it that you feel? Like, what's what's the image that's conveyed in your mind? So we 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 present a few different ideas, but for the most part, we give a lot of creative control to to designers and to artists because that creates a a bit more of a pure product as opposed to you know Kellen or myself saying we want this on an album in this color we want him to wear this kind of tuxedo and wear this like i think it's important to as artists to collaborate together and to have other artists visions incorporated with what we're doing so we kind of stay a bit hands-off when it comes to that when we see um, the direction that an artist is going and we're excited about that we go that's it like they get it like and this is awesome whereas a you know we're very we're very direct when we get other things back and say like that's not necessarily it so it's like an aha moment almost it is (laughs) it is it's totally an aha moment where we all open up the art file together and go ah this is the album cover and that's that's what that feeling is supposed to be like that that excitement is what we want to always be creating and establishing with this band. So it was great to have an aha moment like that when we made this record and that 
album cover came to us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you guys, uh, you have collaborated with not only just, you know, other artists, but like artists, you know, like and musicians. So you guys have, you know, worked with Maddie Mullins, you know, Franz, you've and this most recent record, Benji Madden. Yeah. What do you think creates a successful music collaboration? Like, how do you do that as well as you guys do? Well, I think specifically on this record, when we got Benji to do it, that was a total, again, this is one of those like aha moments and just a random moment where it just made sense in that moment. It wasn't pre-planned. It wasn't, Hey Benji, we want you on a record, like come in and do this. It literally happened. Benji's our manager, but the studio that we recorded at is actually within their offices as well as well. They have a bunch of different, um, studios in there. And so when we were recording, Benji just happened to just stop and he just wanted to say what's up and hear how, what we were working on that day. And it so happened that when he walked in, Kellen had kind of writer's block on the bridge for Never Enough. And he was like, honestly, it's great that you're here, Benji. Like, if you want to hop in the booth and just, like, help, like, just throw some ideas out. Like, maybe you're hearing something that I'm not hearing and kind of help us with this bridge. Like, that'd be awesome. And Benji is always down for the opportunity. He's like, of course, yeah, I'll hop in and see what happens. And he was in there for all of, like, 15, 20 minutes. And it was so cool to see how he creates. So he was listening to the music for the first time. And he kind of just starts um, singing and spitting out, um, like, just sounds. Like, not even words yet, just sounds and melodies. And then, you know, after the 15, 20 minutes are over, it's morphed into these amazing lyrics, this amazing melody. And when he was done, he came out of the vocal booth and came in the control room. He was like, so what do you guys think? And Kellen literally said to him, you just made the record, man. Congratulations. (laughs) Like, that's how it happened. So it happened just very um, seamlessly. You know, he just came in at the right time, right moment, did something incredible. And then we just said, like, there's the cameo for the record. He just, you know, and it's those moments that make this record so special. That it wasn't pre-planned. It wasn't like, we need Benji Madden on this song, on this part. Let's fly him in, do this. Like, no, it was a very, um, it was a very easy process of him just being there at the right, right time, right place. And so we got Benji on the record. I love it. I love it. And again, this record, it's been you know on the WSU airwaves. We really love it up there. My personal favorite song is P.S. Missing You. Can you right. kind of like explain a little bit about how that song came to be and the process of writing that one? Um, I remember when Kellen was writing the lyrics for that. <clears throat> the lyrics for that, Jack had come up with this great riff, and it was super heavy, but it was also um, very chill and melodic at the same time. And at that time, we had been in the studio. That was actually one of the last songs we wrote for the record. And um, I remember Kellen was missing home, and I think that you know, towards the end of any recording process you feel a little burnt out like you still have creative energy but you're burning out you're missing home you know he's got wife and kids at home and um that song i think really came to him quick i think he had written the lyrics in like 10 or 15 minutes and he just went in and zach our producer was like all right like what do you got and i remember him starting um the verse for that song and all of us going like damn you know there's a connection there and i think that's the beauty of what kellen does and with songs like that is that anybody of any any age anybody of any gender anybody that um has experienced 
missing somebody and, um, you know, going through what he's gone through in his life, people relate to his lyrics. He's such a great lyricist and he writes lyrics that are pertainable to him because he wears his heart heart on the sleeve. And I think that that's why people are so, um, you know, attached to him and people really understand what he's going through because people can listen to his song and go, you know what? Like I relate to that. And, um, that was just one of those songs that hit me really hard too. When I heard it for the first time when it was done, I was like, man, like (laughs) I can feel that. I feel that, you know, it it gives me goosebumps. And that's, um, that's the beauty of what we do is trying to achieve those goosebumps. McKellen's really, really good at doing that. And P.S. Missing You, he definitely nailed that. Yeah. And like, especially, you mentioned it, the Sleeping With Sirens fandom is so, you know, they're the strongest fandom. They really follow you guys and love you so much. Like, you know, I know there's a lot of other bands out there where the fans are kind of, oh, I don't know, but every yeah. Sleeping With Sirens fan is really, really, you know, into you guys. Yeah. How is it to have such a strong fan connection throughout so many years? It's uh you can't like put words on it. And it's such a it's a question we get a lot and all I can really like say and feel is is just humbling. You know, it's something that we don't take for granted and it's something that we're grateful every single day for. Like when we show up to venues and there's already people outside, and there's people that have been camped out waiting to see us, it means the world to us. Like you can't you can't put a price on any of that either, right? Like when we all started making music and started our bands, like we, none of us ever thought that it would get to a point like this. Like we just wanted to write music because we were inspired by bands that we were going to see. And we wanted to just have fun doing that. So when it gets to a point like this and there's fans that are getting tattoos of the band, the lyrics, whatever it may be, and talking about how much, we've influenced them and gotten them through hard times in their lives. That's like, you, you can't put a price on that. And that's what I always say, like I could die tomorrow, the happiest person in the world, knowing that we created something and had something that positively impacted other human beings in positive ways. And that's, there's no better feeling in this life than like helping others. And so for our band to, to do that for people that's like I said I could die happy tomorrow like it's an amazing feeling that like I said is so hard to put into words but it means it means it literally means the world to us you're so right it's a tricky thing to articulate but it it makes sense you know just that warm feeling of connection it's it's phenomenal absolutely absolutely so now another thing i have to mention you guys are touring with the amity affliction so many fans are so excited two of the greatest rock artists you know in the last decade are coming together for this tour what are you most excited for just uh, wild shows like i know that their crowds are really wild our crowds are really wild and having straight from the path and unity tx on it even crazier i think the shows are going to be absolutely mental and out of control so we're um it it's been a long time coming to do a tour with them like we've been talking about this with them for the last few years so for it to finally make sense and like the the stars align for both parties 
um we're really excited and they keep texting um some of the dudes in the band they keep on going back and forth like we're so hyped <laughs> on the story we're so stoked and we're responding like we're fucking stoked too so um yeah it's gonna be a really really good time we're ready we're very very excited that is awesome yeah. and again sleeping Sirens is one of those bands that really just tours all the time you guys go everywhere you're constantly touring what do you think is your favorite part most rewarding part of touring and also the most frustrating part of touring the most rewarding part is the fans, really. I mean, that's such a cliche answer, but it is the honest truth. Like, they are what keeps us ticking. They're, like, what keeps us motivated and inspired to keep on doing what we do. Um, you know, as we get older, um, especially with me being married, you know, I enjoy home life, too. I enjoy I enjoy the life I've, I've built at home, so... Being away from that, um, I miss it. Of course I do. But it's such a weird uh, feeling because I love touring too. I love doing what I do, so I can't complain. But, um, you know, being away from my wife, like being away from family is, it can be tough. But fortunately, um, I have a great support system at home. And my wife was just out with us for a few days, so she gets to come out and, and see this and experience this. And she's the most supportive human being in the world. So, um, you know, there, it's, it, I, I, as I get older, it's just harder being away from home. But like I said, our, our amazing fan base just keeps me going and just keeps me inspired. So I'll keep on doing this till I can't do it anymore. You know, <laughs> I love that answer. I love yeah. it. You're so right. Yeah. So now another thing that I definitely want to talk about is you guys played the very last warp tour yeah. and you guys are one of the warp tour staples. You know, when people think of that warp tour scene, they also think of sleeping with sirens yeah. and you know, bands like you guys, what was it saying farewell to warp tour, that 25th anniversary goodbye show? How, how was that? very surreal like it's a it was a very um another one of those like humbling moments it was very humbling to be there and to be a part of that and we thank kevin lyman and the rest of the warp tour alumni for having us you know and it's weird because warp tour meant a lot to me growing up like my first warp tour i'm dating myself was in 1997 1998 mm -hmm. so i have been going to warp tour for a really long time it was a it was something that i look forward to every single summer um so it's definitely weird to not have warp tour this upcoming summer but i think kevin lyman has said it really well that you know this leaves the, the door open now for others to step in and to try to create something not necessarily like warp tour or as special as warp tour but just to just to create something different i think that the musical canvas is changing so much now that there's a lot of opportunities for artists and for promoters to really put um other shows and festivals together that um that can directly impact you know fans in a in a really cool way so i think it it's I think Warp Tour set the mark so high and now it's time for for us and for others to step up and try to, you know, keep that kind of um inspiration and fire going, you know. But you know, we forever thank Warp Tour, and it's awesome that we got to play their last show. You know? And I definitely, I see the spirit of Warp Tour in every single show you guys do. It yeah. fills me with such, you know, joy, and oh, I get that same excitement. I really I do. It. So yeah, I love it. So now I got one more question for you, and this is kind of the not the hardest question to answer, but I've noticed I've gotten very, very different 
different answers from a lot of different artists. What do you think the most difficult obstacle in your career was, and how have you overcame that obstacle? The hardest obstacle? You know, I, I feel like my whole career has been one hard obstacle, one long obstacle. You know, I, I started from the ground up, started touring in a van, and did that for almost a decade and never making a single dime from it. And I was, I was always okay with that because I knew that this was my passion. This is what I loved. And it wasn't about money and it wasn't about fame. It wasn't about notoriety. It was just my passion. This is what I find the most joy in doing in my life. So although there has been a lot of obstacles, you know, I've experienced every nightmare that you could imagine in this industry from being dropped to being to bands breaking up to, um, you know, managers stealing a lot of money from, from me. Like I've gone through every nightmare, but all of those obstacles have all been rewarding as well. All of those obstacles have gotten me to where I am today. So no matter how hard things got, no matter what trauma or whatever turmoil I've had to experience, it just made me smarter. It just made me wiser. It just made me uh, more driven, really. I never allowed those obstacles to dictate my future as far as what I could or couldn't accomplish. So that is the beauty for me is those obstacles. And, And forever, we still get thrown obstacles all the time. But getting through those obstacles is really what separates um separates you from others that are doing what we're doing you know there's always going to be other artists that are more hungry for it and i've always been hungry for it for what i do and so is everybody else in this band so we just continue pushing and and striving to be the best sleeping with sirens that we can possibly be I love it. I love it. And I think that's so inspirational to, again, a lot of the younger musicians out there that are listening to your band and want to start a band of your own. It's, it's, not, it's not easy all the time. It's not all fun and games. It's, it's, it's a tough industry to break into. It is very, very tough. But if you love something enough in this life, whether it's the music industry or whatever it is that you want to do, you just have to work hard. You have to grind. But when you find that grind to be fun and you enjoy it, that's that's when you know that you're you're in the right field. That's when you know that you're going down the right path. You you when you wake up every day hungry to do whatever it is that you're doing, that's like the best feeling in the world. And that's what I feel every single day being in this band. Yeah, it's like the love of the journey, not the destination. Absolutely, you know? dude. I love, I love the journey, man. That's my favorite part. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Well, thank you so much again for talking thank with you. us today. I appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Thank thanks, you. Sam. And thanks for um, for playing us. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. The yeah. new record is awesome. We appreciate thanks, it. We appreciate it.